Good morning, my name is Jürgen Steinmetz, joining you from Livestream.Travel and Etobre News, together with Hawaii News Online in Honolulu. This is a recording of a press conference that just concluded, concluded by the Hawaii Department of Health in regards to the community outbreak of SARS-CoV-2 variant, what's also known as the Delta version of the coronavirus. It's by far more contagious, it can affect younger people, and it's another reason why people should be vaccinated immediately. It's a special concern for the state of Hawaii since we have more than 30,000 tourists arriving here every day on good days, and our hotels, our shops, and our restaurants are full. And the last thing we need is another outbreak of the virus. So listen to the press conference, listen to the concerns and the reality converted by the Department of Health to local media today. Thank you, friends. I appreciate it. Squeezing in on uh, Dr. Kemble's camera here. <laughs> We're both fully vaccinated and I am masked, so this is safe. All right, everybody. Um, you recognize the faces, not mine, but of course you recognize Dr. Sarah Kemble, our acting state epidemiologist. And uh, also today to talk about uh, the latest involving variants in Hawaii is Dr. Edward Desmond, who is, of course, the administrator of the State Laboratories Division. So we have our acting state epidemiologist, Dr. Kemble, and Dr. Desmond, who is with the State Laboratory, the administrator there. Uh, they will start with uh, some opening remarks, and then, of course, you are free to ask questions. And you, I always say this, but you guys are always so good and polite with one another that um, we, we kind of don't need to raise hands. If you raise your hand, I will acknowledge you, but uh, otherwise, uh, please feel free to jump in when you have the opportunity. Thank you very much for joining us and thank you for continuing to spread the word uh, that's gonna help Hawaii pull out of this pandemic. Without further ado, Drs. Kemble and Desmond. Thank you, Brooks. So today we have an update for you about a variant of concern, the Delta variant. Um, we have to date detected four cases of the Delta variant in Hawaii. Three of those cases uh, are among persons who traveled to the US mainland. Um, and two of those are in Oahu residents and one Big Island resident. Uh, the fourth case now added uh, does not have a history of travel. So this indicates that we do have evidence of spread of the Delta variant in Hawaii within the state. The Delta variant is a variant of concern because of evidence that it is more transmissible than other variants. There is also uh, recent data suggesting it may be more uh, severe, causing more hospitalizations than um, wild type COVID-19. For us in Hawaii, um, this is concerning because uh, this variant could lead to uh, additional surges in cases additional outbreaks, especially among unvaccinated people. So vaccination still is highly protective against the Delta variant, especially against severe disease. And it is the number one way to prevent spread of the Delta variant here in Hawaii and to protect yourself from the variants of concern. Um, just, uh, I'll go over to Ed now for a moment who can give a little context to what we've been sampling in terms of variants and put this into perspective with the other variants we're seeing in the state. 
Okay, well, first of all, let me just say that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci was quoted today as saying that the Delta variant is the greatest threat to the nation's uh, attempts to eliminate COVID. Um, the other thing that I'd like to point out is that uh, in our laboratory, we do whole genome sequencing to um, identify what strains of virus are, are going around. And our disease outbreak control division, that's uh, Dr. Campbell's division, uh, makes a list for us of which specimens we should collect and, and uh, do the sequencing on. And this is based on an algorithm uh, which was devised um, by DocD and, and since has now been emulated nationally, as I understand it. So we take a look, we're looking for um, specimens from patients who are more likely to have uh, new variants, for example, people who have recently traveled. And then we have another set of specimens that we uh, do whole genome sequencing that are uh, intended to represent the population as a whole so we can detect the prevalence of, of variants in the state. Right now, uh, the prevalence of the Delta variant is low. It's recently been introduced into the state. But I wanted to point out uh, that there's about a three week lag between the time the specimen is collected um, that uh, is positive for SARS-CoV-2 and the time that we generate our whole genome sequencing results for, uh, for Dr. Campbell and, and for public release. So uh, it takes uh, about a week uh, for the, the, um, the specimens that we want to collect to be identified by um, DOCD's algorithm, uh, by the algorithm of the state epidemiologist. And then it takes a week for us to collect them from the private sector laboratories where um, they've been tested and found to be positive. And then a third week uh, for us to do the whole genome sequencing. So uh, whole genome sequencing is a laborious process uh, that, that takes, uh, in, in, in many laboratories, takes about two weeks, but uh, due to the uh, hard work of our staff and rapid work by our, our bioinformatician, Razvan Sultana, uh, we are getting these results in, in about one week rather than two weeks. But still, we are taking a look at what was happening three weeks ago. Um, Dr. Fauci said in today's uh, press conference that uh, he expects um, the Delta variant to double in its uh, proportion of, of cases every two weeks or so. So uh, we think that we have found uh, community spread of the virus uh, here in Oahu. And um, so uh, we were, as I mentioned, looking at something uh, that happened three weeks ago. So we think that probably during the ensuing three weeks it has spread even further. So this is a matter of concern. Uh, we would like to open it up to any questions that uh, you may have. Yes, uh, Jürgen Steinmetz from Itro Bor News, um, having just returned from Germany and witnessed the um, closing to the United Kingdom, even within the European Union, because of the Delta spread, even though with um, high vaccine rates. Do you see this would be a threat to our visitors industry in Hawaii? I think that it hinges on vaccination practices. Um, if travelers are vaccinated, they're very uh, much less likely to introduce the Delta variant here. 
Um, although we had one traveler who was fully vaccinated who did contract the Delta variant virus, there was no evidence of further spread from that traveler who was fully vaccinated. Um, we do believe that vaccine reduces the overall burden of virus for someone who does get infected, so they are then less likely to transmit it on. Also, if those around you in the community when you return from travel are fully vaccinated, they'd be less likely to contract the Delta variant if you had um, been infected and came in contact with them. Dr. Campbell, this is Sarah Madison from THON. I do have a question. Um, so the Delta variant, to clarify, is more concerning than the other variants because it leads to more hospitalization and it's more contagious. Is that correct? There are several variants of concern and Delta is one of those. Um, it, for those reasons that you mentioned, there are some other variants that also are considered more transmissible and also cause more severe disease, such as the B117 variant, um, previously known as now uh, known as the uh, UK Alpha. Alpha. Thank you. Alpha. But I mean, but I mean, compared to the other variants, how is this more dangerous or different? The concern is the rates of transmission that are being reported out of some of the um, areas around the UK, uh, that it may be spreading really um, even more rapidly than some of the other strains that have been identified, and that it appears to potentially be causing hospitalizations as well. Um, the recent study out of Scotland that Ed had mentioned also showed increased transmission among younger populations. So I do worry about our Keiki in Hawaii. Um, they are susceptible if they're under 12 and not eligible for a vaccine. Uh, so these variants can infect younger people and do and be transmitted among younger people. The best way to protect our Keiki against Delta variant and other variants of concern is to vaccinate everyone in the household who's eligible to be vaccinated around them because that would prevent introduction of that virus into that household and the ability for it to spread within that household. Okay, and quickly, this is for uh, Dr. Desmond. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are taking specimen from the community, um, like a surveillance testing, right? So can you tell me like how many specimen from each county you're taking? And then now that you know we're seeing that the Delta variant is spreading in the community, or what's going to be done about that? Are we gonna wrap it up, do what we normally do? Anything gonna change? I'm sorry, you're asking if anything is going to change in our sampling? Uh, the answer to that would be no. Uh, we do a random sampling. Uh, we have a tendency to uh, oversample the neighbor islands. We wanna make sure because they have relatively smaller numbers in order to get a good picture of what's going on there, uh, we wanna get you know, several uh, specimens from each of those jurisdictions. So they tend to be oversampled a little bit. Okay, but with the, now that we know that the Delta variant is spreading, you're not going to increase the amount of specimens you're gonna collect now from the community? No, I think that um, the a proportion of positive cases that we test uh, is satisfactory um, for evaluating what's going on. And if you take a look at the proportion of our cases that we, um, type by whole genome sequencing and compare it to that of other states, we are among the top states in the proportion of, of uh, specimens that we test. At one point, we were the highest, but we're, we're among the top states in the proportion of 
of our um, COVID strains that we that we sequence. Hi, this is Jennifer Kelleher at the Associated Press. I just wanted to clarify. So the other three cases involved individuals who are not vaccinated. Uh, this is Sophie Koch from the Star Advertiser. Uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit more? It sounds like uh, two of those cases of the unvaccinated individuals uh, traveled uh, from Hawaii to the mainland and back. Were they, uh, did they quarantine um, upon arriving back in the islands? Uh, is there any more you can uh, tell us about that? Yeah, these cases are um, still under investigation. So additional details are being um, determined, but um, the, there was one case who had been fully vaccinated prior to travel and exposure, um, but the other three cases were unvaccinated, which is a major risk factor for contracting um, COVID-19, including these variants. Uh, in terms of, yeah, I, I don't have um, details right now on whether those people were tested prior to returning or whether they um, had, you know, had opted to quarantine instead. Sorry, one more clarification. So uh, you said two on Oahu, one on Hawaii Island. Where was the fourth one? The, um, the case that did not have travel was also an Oahu resident. Okay, so three on Oahu. And going back to Sarah's question, would you say this is the most dangerous uh, among all the variants? Okay. Necessarily say that the Delta variant is um, inherently more dangerous than another variant of concern um, individual who's infected. But I think the Delta variant is the most concerning to us in public health um, for the population because of how quickly we see it spreading. Um, and in including in some jurisdictions where there are pretty high vaccination coverage rates. So this is the variant that raises the most concern about um, will we still see surges in cases or will we still see outbreaks even as we hit higher vaccination coverage percent um, if this variant spreads widely? And, and that's really the main concern. We wanna make sure that um, we are reducing the amount, we, we, have, we minimize um, the cases that we see here and the hospitalizations that we see here. Our goal as we continue to vaccinate is to get to high coverage levels quickly so we don't give this variant a chance to get a foothold here and really wreak havoc in our population. At this point, do you think that we need to take um, you know, additional measures such as going backwards in terms of our you know, reopening strategy? I think the number one thing we can do is plow forward and move ahead with vaccination. If we can really hit those coverage targets that we've been talking about, get to 70% completely vaccinated as quickly as possible, that's really what's gonna do the most to protect our community against this and other variants that might emerge. Hello, this is Mahalani Richardson from Hawaii News Now. This is for Dr. Campbell. Because there's a lag time, are you concerned that even though you know about four Delta variants here in the islands, that there is more spread that you just don't know about right now because of the lag time? I think that's likely. I do think we'll, we'll start to see more cases of Delta variant. 
So um, that's part of what we're here to communicate today, that we know it's here in the islands and um, it is in the community. So what we've seen, as Ed was saying, in other jurisdictions is a doubling in cases every couple of weeks. We can expect to see a similar pattern unless we really get ahead on the vaccination curve. Hi. Hi, this is Diane with the Star Advertiser. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, like, could you specify the area like where the variants were detected, like on the, the three Oahu cases and those on Hawaii Island, and will you be ramping up testing in those areas? Um, we don't have additional details right now on the specific areas impacted by these variants out of confidentiality concerns because the numbers are small. Uh, but we do track locations. We're continuing to push ahead for vaccination in all areas that are under-vaccinated. We have to remember that Hawaii is a relatively small state and it's easy to move from one part of the island to another, even to go for a social gathering um, at your auntie's house or wherever you may be going. So it's really important that we look at all areas that have lower vaccine coverage rates and get those coverage rates up. That's the best way to protect the entire community. Dr. Kempelich, Jennifer at the APA again. I just wanted to double check. So our current statewide vaccination rate is at 57%. Um, is that accurate? And do you have any concerns about the pace of Hawaii's vaccination rate? The 57% we believe is accurate. Um, we are aware there have been some uh, different numbers posted on the CDC website. And we've been working closely with them to understand why, why they are posting a different number, but we believe the numbers we have on the state website are correct and they are working to rectify that with CDC. Um, we have seen a slowing down of the number of vaccinations that were happening over the last few weeks compared to um, a month or two ago. And so uh, it is really important that we keep up the pace and we keep up the energy. If you've been thinking about getting vaccinated, but thinking, well, I don't have time today, I'm gonna to put it off until I am more convenient. Today's the day, go get vaccinated today. If you've been thinking about it, you haven't gone yet, this is the time to go. And Dr. Campbell, will, do you think this is gonna be the predominant strain in Hawaii and in what time frame? I'll, I'll defer to Ed on that because he's been looking at those trends nationally. Well, it's um, it's increased in, in, uh, in prevalence nationally, and now it's up to 20% on a nationwide basis. Um, so we've seen our first case of community transmission. Uh, absolutely, we expect to see it, it spread further. And probably uh, the pattern is that it will double in its prevalence every two weeks. Uh, Jürgen Steinmetz from eTurbo News. Uh, it looks like, uh, according to research, that um, people vaccinated with Pfizer, for example, have a 60% chance of being exposed by the Delta virus compared to 88%. Um, I'm, I'm reading this here. So I'm wondering, putting this in consideration, what is your, what should we expect in regards to those that are infected and have been fully vaccinated in severity? Um, of uh, getting this virus. Jurgen, I think, I'm not sure what source you're looking at, but I've seen um, some preliminary numbers out of Public Health England that actually look quite good for vaccine effectiveness against the Delta variant. One of the things in the study that came out of this of Scotland was that even though um, there was more hospitalization among unvaccinated people, 
vaccinated people still were protected um, against the Delta variant causing hospitalization. So uh, getting vaccinated does give significant protection against this and other variants. This is Sophie Koch from the Star Advertiser again. Um, is there any indication that the Delta variant is also more dangerous for uh, children um, who obviously can't be vaccinated right now? Right, any group that can't be vaccinated right now, whether because they're not eligible or um, if they have um, had allergic reactions, they're gonna be more susceptible to getting this and other variant viruses. So there's this concept of vaccinating around those susceptible groups. That's part of the concept of herd immunity. Um, if you can increase the coverage of the family and household members of children who can't be vaccinated and the communities that they live in, that provides protection to our safety. Dr. Kemble, um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask about the new mortality section on the dashboard. So we noticed that, you know, all but one of the Hawaii deaths had underlying health conditions. So, you know, are you able to specify what types of conditions seem to be contributing factors in most of the recorded deaths in Hawaii? Right. Um, underlying conditions is such a broad term that it's quite, um, it, it includes a lot of different conditions. So that can be anything as minor as, um, seasonal allergies up to much more severe conditions like uh, type 2 diabetes and um, congestive heart failure. So it is a pretty broad catch-all category. Um, there are studies that have looked more specifically at what kinds of conditions are most likely to be related to future outcomes, and those are on the CDC website, which is a great resource for that. Yeah. Dr. Kemble, this is Mahaya Lani again. Uh, we know that the case count will come out around noon on the DOH website. Are you, can you give us any hint on what the case count will be and uh, comment on yesterday's 14 cases? Sorry, I I'm, I'm not going to preview the numbers, but um, we have seen a decline overall in the last week, I would say, of the number of cases we've seen coming in, which is encouraging. It does seem to correlate with um, higher and higher proportion of our population getting to fully vaccinated. Uh, and so I'm really happy about that. And I do think it will help protect us against uh, Delta variant, even though it's here. Um, I just hope that we can keep up that pace and that good work because that will really um, provide the protection that we need. And Dr. Kemble, just a follow-up question. Uh, looking at last week's cluster report, I believe that the cluster report said that both inmates and workers at the prisons had a, a lower vaccination rate than the state's vaccination rate. Can you tell us what the prison worker and inmate vaccination rate is and how you came up with those figures? So estimating the coverage in correctional settings can be really challenging because there's a lot of turnover in certain in some settings. And um, we also may be relying in some cases on self-report. Uh, so it can be difficult to know. I would refer to PSD for the best counts, but um, you know, we, we did review um, their estimates of coverage and it seemed like in most areas of the facility, it was lower than general community rates, and that may have been a part of the contributing factor to that outbreak. Dr. Kemble, it's Sarah from Channel 2 again. Um, just going back to the death rate, 
you know, among the younger people, 18 through 49 year olds, what can you reveal about those cases? Um, as you've noted, many of those deaths in younger populations are associated with underlying conditions. Um, so that can be part of it. Uh, we do try to um, track variants as well to see if that can be part of the picture. Right now, the number of deaths that we have been able to um, sequence and determine variants associated has still been small. So it's not big enough numbers to draw, draw conclusions about which ones here are associated with more severe outcomes. But we do know from other studies like in England that some of the variants may be associated with more severe disease and possibly death. Okay, okay, what about, do you know, can you tell us why like Filipino, Pacific Islanders and Japanese, the death rates by those ethnicities are really high? And can you explain the reasons behind that? Um, there's, so you have to consider also in looking at the um, numbers that some of the numbers represent total, like absolute counts and some may be a proportion of a population. For the deaths, they're represented as absolute numbers. So while we see high numbers in some populations, you also have to think about how um, big that population is in the state. Uh, for instance, there are a large number of deaths among Japanese, but as a rate, it may be lower compared to Filipino, for instance. Um, so those tables are available also. Um, if you dig a little into the details on the website and you can look at those um, specific numbers and the population denominators. Hi, uh, this is Stephanie at the Tribune Herald in um, Hilo. I know you mentioned that you couldn't really give more specific locations on where, um, you know, these these cases are located. But I mean, is there any like way to kind of narrow down like where on the Big Island that this one case was? Is it Hilo? Is it Kona? I mean, even East Hawaii, West Hawaii, because I know a lot of people are going to want to know that. And then also, do you know where the non-travel related case um, on Oahu, where they may have been exposed? So we don't share those specific locations when we're talking about small numbers um, like this. And I think the other really important take home point is I don't want people to fixate on one community area because we know that we're seeing multiple importations of Delta variant. And so we don't uh, end up uh, being able to get a, a sample to the state lab for every person. We don't end up sequencing every single sample. Um, it's not going to be possible to know every single case of Delta variant that arrives here. So the more important point is that it is knocking at the door, that it, for travel in, in particular, that's a risk factor for bringing it back. And every as all of the islands have travelers returning to them, the introduction of Delta variant is a possibility. It's more important to think that it is out there and so we do need to be aware of that. Um, and the biggest thing you can do about that is go get vaccinated today. Dr. Kemble, it's Sarah again. Um, I just wanted to ask, you mentioned that, you know, the um, positive, the rate of positive cases is going down, but we noticed that the hospital hospitalization rate is kind of steady. Can you maybe explain why that is and how many vaccinated people are, are hospitalized? Um, we, so we've had uh, four fully vaccinated um, cases that were hospitalized. So uh, maybe up to five, I'll have to double check the numbers, but it's been a relatively small number 
um, that have been fully vaccinated and hospitalized. Some of those individuals may have also had other factors that contributed to their hospitalization besides just COVID. Um, but it does occur. Um, the, um, the hospitalizations, um, I'm sorry, what, what was the first part of your question, Sarah? Right, right, right. Um, can you tell us or explain why the hospitalization rate seems to be steady? Yeah, thank you. You know, I do wonder if part of that is uh, related to variants because we had we did see B117 become the predominant variant pretty quickly here in Hawaii. Um, so that, along with Delta now arriving, could lead to more hospitalization, even though we have lower case numbers. Dr. Kemble, uh, just a clarification on the prison. So it was Department of Public Safety that provided Department of Health with estimates of vaccination rates for both inmates and workers. Is that correct? Correct. And uh, Dr. Kimball, could you, um, what exactly were those estimates again? I mean, it sounds like they were pretty precise numbers. I'm sorry, I don't have numbers for you. You could refer, you could ask PSD for um, their estimates. Though. But then, how did you know that they were lower than the general population? That's my. That was from the information that um, I was shared with from the investigative team. But I don't have those exact numbers with me right now. Thank you. To get back to the Delta variant again, there was a, a study in Scotland which uh, indicated that uh, the Delta variant is associated with a higher rate of hospitalization. If you look at a study from um, or statistics by outbreak.info, you see the numbers of infections with the Delta variant four times as high in states like Arkansas, Kansas, and Missouri. And, um, and something, um, and, and this is somehow related religious beliefs. I know also from responses we received here from Hawaii, uh, specifically between the Orthodox community, that there is a, a resistance to get vaccinated. Is, is there any outreach either from a state agency or from private initiatives to these religious groups to educate um, of the importance on the importance of the virus? Yeah, I mean, I think continuing education is critical uh, in the response, just to be aware of what the remaining risks are from the virus that um, we aren't out of the woods yet, and the importance of vaccination to prevent further spread of the virus. With that being said, um, can you give us an update on the incentive program? Do you think that's tapered down or um, do you think it's it's still working and, and by how much? Yeah, we're seeing uh, good indicators that the incentives program has uh, led to uh, increase of people going out to get vaccinated in the last uh, few days to weeks. So um, that's been really encouraging. We did see a bump up in the numbers coming out for their doses after the launch of the program. And then maybe um, the hesitancy 
might still be there because you know we are hearing reports that the vaccine is causing some issues among the younger people, younger men on the mainland in the UK. Are we seeing any vaccine issues locally like that here? We always encounter hesitancy. I think in any population, you're going to find some people that are hesitant that maybe haven't been able to get all the information they would like about the vaccine um, to understand how it would benefit them and what are the risks. Um, and so I think we still have our work cut out for us to make sure we get out, um, provide education throughout the community and the languages that are needed, uh, make sure everyone has a chance to get their questions answered. And um, I, I really think that will help with people coming out to get vaccinated. But are we seeing any vaccine, if people who got vaccinated, are we seeing any issues with that here locally? I'm sorry, can you um, explain, clarify your question? Like the blood clotting and um, the heart problems that we're hearing on the mainland and in the UK, uh, once people get vaccinated, are we seeing that here in Hawaii? Or any issues with the vaccine? Right, we do. So the tracking of adverse events happens through the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is a national system. Um, we do sometimes uh, get uh, reports from vaccine providers to us as well, uh, just informing us informally if they had a concern. But the real way to track that is through VAERS. And then the national team is able to review those numbers against what you would expect in the general population that wasn't vaccinated uh, to see if there's any aberrancies or any signal that something untoward might be going on. Um, we did learn from the VARES program about the thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome. Um, it is very rare. It occurs in one in millions. Um, and so that's a very, um, it, it is a serious adverse event, but it is very rare. For um, myocarditis in adolescence, uh, this appears to be a little bit less rare. It's still quite rare. Um, but the good news is that so far, the cases that have been reported are uh, generally mild and self-limited. I do know that um, there's physicians in our community that have treated some of those cases um, and have talked about how important vaccination still is because uh, myocarditis caused by COVID-19 can actually be much more severe. So you have to weigh the, the risk of getting the disease um, against that sort of fear getting vaccinated, but understanding that vaccine overall is gonna be much more protective than waiting to get infected by the virus. And I mean, would you have any stats, any numbers? Uh, I, I uh, remember hearing um, from pediatric ground rounds at Kapiolani that there were four cases of myocarditis diagnosed in the state. Since then, I'm not sure if there have been additional reports. We'd have to look at what VAERS has seen coming out of Hawaii. Um, but it's still been um, an uncommon occurrence. And all of those were fully recovered. Hey gang, it is approaching 11.15, so I'm going to ring the bell and, and, and set these guys free to go back and uh, continue to do their genome sequencing and their uh, uh, case investigations and the, all the things they're doing to help protect us. Um, I, I very much appreciate uh, you guys all taking the time today. I hope everyone had a chance to ask their important questions. All right, I got the shaka from Mejia. That means we're good. Thank you guys very much for uh, for taking the time this, uh, this late this morning.
Uh, glad to see so many of you still engaged in this effort. Thank you.